This is Warrior Podcast, changing the world by introducing warriors to the warrior God. I'm your host, Elizabeth Andrade, here with Connor Shanahan. Well, Connor, you're in Dallas now. You're back, but we're, we're not in the studio together yet. You and Madeline have a lot going on right now, getting ready for baby Shanahan and all that. And so I'm sure we'll be reunited in the studio again soon. But hey, how are you doing? We certainly will be reunited soon. I am so happy to be home. And uh, yeah, we're just we're just some 21st century theologians, you know? <laughs> We're just embracing this virtual ethic that we've got going on. It's been working for us. Our team is phenomenal. Shout out to our team running the sound and the production here. We are incredibly thankful for that and thankful for them and the opportunity to continue to speak and consider what the Lord would have for us in this time, even while we're physically apart and almost uh, back to a glorious reunion. Yeah, and, and we will praise God for the opportunity we have over the phone right now. And Connor, I wanted to ask you, do you have any stories maybe... Um, with your time in the military or even in civilian life of an answered prayer? You know, that's a great question. I certainly do. And let me say, before we dive into just some, just some story time with Warrior Podcast, we want to, we're going to keep this low key tonight, talk through some stories, talk through this idea of prayer. Because man, Warrior, you just made it through a difficult series. You just made it through the story of the Bible. And we are thankful for you sticking with us. Hopefully you picked up a few little nuggets of wisdom, a few little pieces of information that were helpful for you. And uh, man, thank you for hope, especially if you stayed with us through the, the two on the end times. <laughs> if you stayed with us through both of our end times podcasts, we are thankful for you. Thank you for not sending us hateful emails. We know that those are confusing topics and we appreciate you sticking with us. So our gift to you is an easy to listen to practical podcast. That's right. Prepare yourself. Deep breath. It's going to be okay. No tribulations today. No millenniums today. We're all good. (laughs) So in that, certainly uh, this idea of prayer and how the Lord works among his people, I have seen the Lord work most often when I have been in situations where I'm in military service. And I can't quite figure out the theology of that, (laughs) to be honest with you. (laughs) My best guess is that when I'm in seasons where I'm isolated, when I'm in seasons like when I was deployed or when I was at basic training or when I was at my my tech school or my AIT, my job training, seasons where, where I've just been out of my normal routine, away from my normal support system. The Lord has used those times to really shape me and mold me and speak to me. And and so maybe just one quick, hopefully encouraging example to to show this fact that the Lord does speak to his people. The Lord does respond to prayer is uh, when I was deployed, when I was deployed, I was working for this boss who was a great man, loved the guy. Now, at the time when I was working under him, it was rather difficult. He was a two-time Iraq war veteran, had seen and experienced the depths of the depravity of warfare. And, uh, and he wore those scars. You know, you could tell that he had seen some things and participated in some things. He, he wore those scars on his sleeve. This was a man who, who, when we were in our bunks, when we were sleeping, he was just a few doors down from, from where I was sleeping on this particular deployment. And we could hear him, you know, night after night, just in, in argumentative screaming kind of conversations with his wife back home. Just an angry guy, an angry guy, not a, not a fun guy to work for, to be honest with you. But yet that was my reality. I was, I was working for him. I was with him daily in, in the job that we were doing while we were deployed. And there actually came one day in particular where he brought up the topic of 
the Bible. Now, to be fair, he brought up the Bible in a way where he was in a conversation talking about how foolish the Bible is. <laughs> and I was very scared to have that conversation with him. I was very scared to to give my actual honest opinion that, well, actually, I kind of teach the Bible for, for a living. I'm, that's, that's what I'm trying to do. And I kind of <laughs> love it. <laughs> and I believe it. <laughs> so in my fear and in that situation where this guy who, you know, this is the last guy that I anticipated would ever respond to the gospel, right? And so the only thing I thought I could do was pray, was just start begging the Lord to soften this man's heart, begging the Lord to speak to him. Again, I cannot like reiterate enough that this was the last guy that you would ever pass a, like a gospel tract to. <laughs> this is the last guy that you would ever expect to respond to anything in regards to any kind of faith or spirituality or God. And yet, over the course of seven months, prayer after prayer, after prayer, after prayer, after prayer, begging the Lord to speak to this guy. And through those prayers, the Lord certainly gave me some opportunities to speak and to testify to truth. But that was by the Spirit, I think, in response to this prayer. And after seven months of prayer and conversation and fasting and leaning in and pressing into all that the Lord would do, this man surrendered his life to Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I mean, what a testimony just to the, the power of, of prayer. Like, how how humbling does that feel to know that God was listening to your specific prayers for this man? That's that's just crazy to me. It's, it is. It's super humbling. And it's. It, I think it just shows how cool our God is. Yeah. You know, it's obviously nothing that I brought to the table. But I think that, that our God was looking to encounter this man. He was looking to meet with him and to save him. I think that what we see in Scripture, and, and this, I think, coincides with a lot of what we talked about during our, our first Trinity series, that our God is a God of participation, mm -hmm. that He invites us to participate in His kingdom. He invites us to participate in His redemptive work. And so I think that that's what was happening over that deployment. The Lord saw this man, wanted to reach him, wanted to save him, and was inviting people to, to enter into that process. We may have mentioned this on the podcast before, but the coolest way that I've heard it described how God works in this way is like a, a take your child to work day. Yeah. You know, take your child to work day. You know that they're going to mess up. You know that your child's going to make mistakes, but you bring them to work anyway. And I feel like that's what God did. God just it just invited me to come to work with him, knowing that he would be in control, knowing that he would he would reap the fruit. But he invited me to participate in that. And so it's certainly humbling. But that, that invitation is available to all people, to all people in all places, that our God is a God who enjoys participation and invites human beings to join with him in his redemptive purpose to make all things right in this world. Yeah, and we see an example of this in Scripture, too, in Exodus 32. Could you give us a little backstory on what's happening during this point in the story of the Bible before we read the scripture? Yeah, not like this is like the most scandalous example of this happening. You know, a lot of people, when we start talking about prayer and we talk about scripture, you know, we love our cute little New Testament verses. We love, you know, Jesus saying, ask and you shall receive. Come on, somebody. And that's fine. And obviously those are wonderful verses. I don't want to make light of them. But what we see in Exodus 32 is scandalous. So yeah, so a bit of context here. This is the second book of the Bible, of the scriptures, after we see God create a wonderful world, we see humanity disobey him, we see all things descend into chaos with sin introduced into the cosmos, and God's people are now rebellious by nature, disobedient by nature. Throughout then the, the history of God's people, we see a few leaders uh, who rise up, who God raises up to accomplish his mission, which he had set forth right after the fall, right after sin was introduced, that one day a hero would rise and make all things right. 
and so we see time after time a hero a hero will come and, and that hero does you know perhaps great things used by the lord but ultimately fails because only jesus is our true and perfect hero who will make all things right nonetheless though we see we see one of these heroes in in the old testament and specifically in this passage in exodus we see moses who was the hero of god's people he led the israelites out from under uh, Egyptian captivity. Pharaoh, kind of the king, the ruler of Egypt, was oppressing God's people. He had them in slavery, actually, and, and God invited Moses to be the leader who would rise up and lead God's people out of that slavery, back into the promised land to live and dwell with God as he had intended. So God did many miraculous things. God did that. He absolutely did that. He led his people free by using Moses as the leader. And yet, even after God's people saw their God lead them out of slavery, lead them out of a terrible situation into freedom, they were still disobedient. They were still rebellious. They still chose to worship other gods. They still chose to disobey the Lord who had rescued them from Egypt. And so this particular passage is one after repeated disobedience, after disobedience, after disobedience on Israel's behalf. And we see the Lord growing rather frustrated with his people. Yeah, I mean, his people are pretty much like spitting in his face. Completely, completely. Right after he, I mean, you know, God parted the Red Sea through Moses to lead his people out of Egypt and, and back towards the promised land. And even after that, even after seeing miraculous things and being rescued from what seemed like certain death, uh, his people were still disobedient. So I'm going to go ahead and read. This is Exodus 32, 7 through 14. The Lord spoke to Moses, go down at once for your people you brought up from the land of Egypt have acted corruptly. They have quickly turned from the way I commanded them. They have made for themselves an image of a calf. They have bowed down to it, sacrificed to it, and said, Israel, these are your gods who brought you up from the land of Egypt. The Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people, and they are indeed a stiff-necked people. Now leave me alone so that my anger may burn against them and I can destroy them. Then I will make you into a great nation. But Moses sought the favor of the Lord his God. Lord, why does your anger burn against your people you brought out of the land of Egypt with a great power and a strong hand? Why should the Egyptians say, He brought them out with an evil intent to kill them in the mountains and eliminate them from the face of the earth? Turn your fierce anger and relent concerning this disaster planned for your people. Remember your servants Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. You swore to them by yourself and declared, I will make your offspring as numerous as the stars of the sky and will give your offspring all this land that I have promised, and they will inherit it forever. So the Lord relented concerning the disaster he had said he would bring on his people. Scandalous. Yeah. Absolute scandal is what we see in that passage. So there's definitely power in, in prayers. There is. There is. I mean, what we just saw there was God angry with his people, frustrated with their disobedience. God told Moses, get away from these people because I'm going to destroy them. And I'm going to start over with you because they're so wicked and so disobedient. And Moses, in response to that, gets on his knees, gets on his face and praise. Praise to God and said, God, please don't do that. Remember your promises. Remember your faithfulness. Remember your goodness. Don't destroy your people. And God essentially says, okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> right? Like this is a scandalous passage where, to your point, what you just said, that that there is immense power in prayer, where that the, the Lord invites us to participate in his mission to make all things right in this world. I think that's exactly what we see in this passage. Now, this is a tough one, right? This passage kind of raises some questions, and I would definitely want to declare that I believe in God's omniscience. I believe God knows everything. I would believe in his omnipotence, that he is able to accomplish anything. 
But what I think is happening here is highlighting, as we've discussed, this invitational aspect of God's nature and character, where he enjoys participation and invites human beings to partake, to participate in his redemptive plan. One of my seminary professors was talking about this passage and talking about just the scandal of prayer, uh, just the, the very scandalous nature of, of prayer. And this is what he said. Now, um, I just want to read this quote from my professor and let it marinate for a second because this will rock you for a second. So here's what he said. Our sovereign, omniscient God has determined from eternity past that he will not give you unless you ask, that he will not do unless you ask. In this, prayer is an opportunity to experience and express childlikeness. So I think I think that's what we see happening here. Like, you know, of course, you know, it's you don't ever want to be the student who disagrees with your professor, right? Your grade depends on it. It does. It certainly does. But I just want to say I'm very hesitant to like limit God in any way. I'm hesitant to say that God can't or won't do anything, you know, without us asking, because I think he certainly can. And, you know, per scripture, per my experience, he does. He will accomplish his will for the glory of his name and for his redemptive purposes. But what if? What if, warrior, what if you believed that God would not give you anything unless you asked him for it? What if you believed that God would not do anything in your life unless you asked him in prayer? How would that change the way that you relate to your heavenly father? I think prayer then just suddenly seems way more important than just, you know, the sentences we have before bedtime. Yeah, definitely. Way more in, like significant, of like eternal significance. What we are doing in prayer is like waging warfare. Literally, we are waging spiritual warfare and contending for our commander, our Lord God of angels armies to accomplish his will on earth and to make things right in our lives. So it would be really important then if God himself has ordained it that through the prayers of his children, he would accomplish his will. I mean, how cool is that? He's in control of everything. He offers an invitation for us to participate in, in those things. I think knowing that, it would be important to know how do we handle prayer? How do we, how do we pray? Yeah, that's, that's where we're going to go. Absolutely. So this is, you know, prayer is a weird thing where like, I don't think you have to convince any Christian that prayer is important. Right. Right. Uh, that's something inherent. We know that's important. We pray before we eat. We pray before we go to bed. Yeah. I think even even an atheist would concede that like, OK, if you believed in some supernatural power, probably a good idea to talk to him. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> and yet I think that if most Christians are honest, like we don't spend that much time in prayer. Mm -hmm. Right. I think all of us would agree that we could grow in, in our prayer life and what that looks like. So we want to just encourage you, warrior, with some practical steps and practical ideas as to how you could pray. Before we do that, let me just throw this out there. We would be remiss at Warrior Podcast if we did not mention the Trinity in one of our episodes. It's one of our driving principles and beliefs that our God is triune, and we love that. We're not afraid of that fact. We love the fact that our God is triune. And so just like everything in the Christian life, everything is Trinity. And in the same way here, prayer is Trinity. We pray to the Father, through the Son, by the power of the Holy Spirit. We are contending for the Father to move, for the Father to ordain, for the Father to orchestrate things. We are able to approach the Father through the Son because of what Jesus Christ has accomplished for us on the cross. And we are able to do these things. We are able to pray. We are able to enter into God's presence by the power of the Holy Spirit, who indwells us, who ministers to us, who works in our lives. And actually, according to Romans 8, 
the, soul, the Holy Spirit himself even contends for us and even prays on our behalf. Uh, when we when we don't even know what we should be praying. Well, and we have it. We have kind of an example of what prayer could look like in Scripture because I think I think a lot of prayers. Maybe Christians know that it's important. Well, I myself know that I've experienced this. I know prayer is important, but at times I've wondered how do I pray? Like how do I talk to God? Is it? I mean, He's not sitting in front of me as in a physical person. So I know that. Most of us probably have heard this at least once in our life, which is the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, uh, starting in verse 9, which says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us in temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I mean, this this is um, kind of an example of how we can go about maybe structuring a prayer. It does. It's a wonderful model given to us um, from the Lord. And I think that you've, you've actually taught on this really well, looking at like the different aspects, some bullet points even within the Lord's Prayer that can kind of help us. Because to your point, like you said, like I think it's... It's easy for us to admit, okay, I need to pray. It's sometimes harder for us to say, now what do I say? Yeah, and and just looking at the Lord's Prayer we have in, in the first part of it, verse 9, we have praise and worship, you know, just first of all, stopping to really see how wonderful our God is and just offering up some praise for giving you a good day, for just being so wonderfully in control of all things, for being so loving, for forgiving us of our sins. I don't know, whatever your heart has to offer praise to him, starting there. And then after that, your kingdom come, your will be done. And I think that would just be praying for his will to be done in every aspect of your life, everyone's life, the world. And then the next part of that is we see, give us this day our daily bread. And I think that comes to the point of where we ask for things just to meet our immediate needs, our physical needs. Um, Maybe that looks like a job or tough money situations or whatever difficulties that we're facing for family, for friends. We also see the aspect of repentance, too, in the Lord's Prayer. So I think those are just some things that we can pray about, too. Absolutely, it does. That's, I think that's a wonderful guide. In an easy way, like you you can literally take that guide and pray and incorporate that in, into your daily routine. Yeah, what, whatever that looks like. I mean, there's lots of different ways that you can pray, too. There is. There is. And that was a point that we wanted to make clear here is that, like, um, your heart is what matters before the Lord right? Your style of prayer, your, your preference of how you should pray or what you should literally say is not nearly as important to the Lord as your heart, as the fact that you are praying and that you are laying your heart before him. So whether you prefer to pray in a very formal way, you could literally rehearse the Our Father, the Lord's Prayer. You could literally state the Lord's Prayer as your like daily prayer time, and that'd be wonderful. You could be very formal and rigid in the way that you pray to the Father, to the Son, and to the Spirit. Or you could be very conversational, and you could talk to the Lord as your Heavenly Father who cares for you, who sees you and knows you, and loves you and wants to know on your heart. Uh, the style of how you pray is not nearly as important as as your heart in the matter. Yeah, I mean, we see throughout Scripture just just so much how, how God is concerned with matters of the heart and your where your heart is. Yeah, He cares about you. He literally sees you, literally knows you, literally loves you, and wants to know what's on your heart. Now, what about this verse? Um, First Thessalonians five seventeen that talks about praying without ceasing. What could that mean? Yeah, that's a that's a straightforward one. Literally without stopping. <laughs> literally pray without stopping. Pray without ceasing. What on earth are we to do with that? That seems rather impractical. That seems a bit romanticized from the Apostle Paul there, uh, commanding us to pray without stopping. But here's what I think that could simply look like. 
Uh, let me say maybe just two things on this as we just talk again about practical ideas of how you can bolster your prayer life and trying to encourage you that the Lord cares. The Lord cares about your prayer life and wants to hear from you. One recommendation we would have and that we would make clear is that I think that you should have something of a structured prayer time each day, whether that's five minutes long, whether that's you know one minute long, whether that's an hour long. I think at some point in your day when you are able to utterly focus on the Lord, whether that's right when you wake up, maybe it's right after you eat breakfast, maybe it's on the commute, on the, on the car ride to work, or before you go to bed. Um, but let me say, that's a tough one. Before you go to bed is a tough one. I used to try to pray before I would go to bed and I wouldn't, I wouldn't make it. You end oh. up waking up the next morning. <laughs> yeah. Still praying, right? <laughs> or yeah, I, I wouldn't make it past the, uh, past, you know, the first two lines of the Lord's prayer without, without falling gently off to a wonderful night's rest. So that's a tough one, but if that works for you, then that works for you. Um, I would say, though, that, that that structured prayer time is important. And what that structured prayer time should look like, I think, is maybe just a few suggestions here. I think you could recite the prayers of Scripture. You could recite the Lord's Prayer. I think you could pray through the Psalms. That's one of my favorite styles or methods of prayer, especially in this season, especially in 2020 and through the pandemic. I have been leaning on the Psalms uh, through many a difficult day and just literally praying those out loud back to God. That's been a very helpful practice for me. Or the third suggestion, third and final here in this structured prayer time, is did you keep a prayer journal? Just to literally write down some notes, write down some requests, speak to the Lord in a conversational way as you'd speak to a kind and loving Father who wants to bless you, who wants to know you, who wants you to draw near to Him, and just keep some notes. And one of the coolest aspects of this idea of a prayer journal is that you can look back weeks and months and years later and uh, see literally how the Lord has, has answered your prayers, how he has shaped your heart, and how he has sanctified you. So I think that's, that's one aspect of what it looks like to pray without ceasing, is to having something of a structured prayer time each day. But I also want to highlight the significance of this kind of prayer. Christ, help me. Yeah. <laughs> literally, just a, just a God, help me. Uh, Spirit, help me. Whether it's you're about to go into a business meeting, you're about to give a presentation, whether you're about to have a conversation with a coworker, whether you're about to have any kind of interaction with your spouse or your children. I think literally just embodying this mindset of continually asking God for help, continually saying, Lord, help me, guide me, give me wisdom, speak to me, make yourself known in this conversation, in this situation. Lord, bring peace to this situation. Just a quick one sentence to the Lord. I think that gives you an opportunity to recenter yourself. Even if it's just in one deep breath, Christ help me. I think that gives you an opportunity to recenter yourself, to be dependent upon the Holy Spirit, and to embody this ethic of what it looks like to to pray without ceasing. Yeah, that's definitely important. Another thing, too, that I think um, praying without ceasing, I wonder if that could also look like, you know how we go out throughout the day and we we just kind of talk to ourselves um, about whatever, <laughs> sitting in traffic, I don't know, taking a walk. Yeah. I think that some of those self-conversations can also be directed towards God, like just if you see something nice that you enjoy, you could praise God for it and just say, oh, thank you for this beautiful day, this nice walk, or or whatever it may be. I think that can also be an example of what it looks like to pray without ceasing. Hey, Deb, that's, a, that's wonderful. I love how you brought in the little things there. Like That is a good way to even just stretch ourselves to see the Lord's hand in every aspect of our lives. Whether we're practicing gratitude, you know, thanking God for uh, a good night's rest, thanking God for a, a tasty meal, Thank God for a front row parking spot to wherever you're, wherever you're at. 
you know, just little things, seeing the Lord providing and making himself known to you will not only help your prayer life, but it also help you as a person, help you become more thankful and uh, continually practice gratitude in a way that will be beneficial for you. I think if I had to sum up prayer in, in one maybe sentence, I would say it's all about the relationship with our Father. It is. Yeah, it's a relationship that our Father wants to hear from you. He's inviting mm-hmm. you to participate in this significant facet of prayer, this significant facet of faith. This, this significant aspect of our lives where the Lord is literally inviting us to take part in the things that matter and in things that can change the world. Thank you for listening to us. If you want to trust in Christ, or if you want to learn more about making Him the authority over your life, or if you want to learn more about us, send us a message on our Instagram at WGMHQ. That's WGMHQ. We will make sure that someone gets in touch with you. This has been Warrior Podcast with Connor Shanahan. Warrior God Ministries mission is to change the world by making disciples among military members and first responders and equipping them to be disciple makers and missionaries in their respective communities for the glory of Jesus Christ.